Hey everyone, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Good morning. Well, Hi. can you see where I'm at? <laughs> yeah, it is afternoon. How is everybody doing? Welcome to Comet Church, Sci-Fi Church, Foyer Chat. Yeah, I love it. So excited to be here. Yeah. I feel like I need a good foyer chat, so I'm glad that this yeah, is right. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's, the structure it, it, we're using today. Oh, it's 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 no, it's been a couple weeks. It's been a rough couple weeks. We were we were off. Was it last week we were off? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Everything's a blur, and we'll get into why for me <laughs> here in a little bit. But yeah, welcome to uh, to our chat. Uh, joining us, uh, joining Kate and I is uh, Rochelle Elizabeth, who's a reoccurring uh, guest co-host. Uh, yeah. Go ahead and say hey, Rochelle. Hi, I'm so happy to be back. I love I love Drew and Kate is phenomenal. So this is going to be great. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. So yeah, it is. I don't even June 21st. So uh, I guess second day of summer. Is it the first official first day or is it second day? I have to say, Drew, I don't know why, but the minute that you said June 21st, like I had this like. My anxiety levels just raised. I don't know what to attribute that to, but apparently I'm like, holy crap, how is it June 21st? Yeah. What happened to the first half of 2020? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> right. A lot happened. I, I, I kind of wish, uh, it, is, is it December uh, 2020 yet? I'm kind of done with this year. Like, it's awful. I'm, I'm tired. Yeah, you should be. Yeah. I need some coffee for my soul for after this year. Yeah, it's been like what has been five months. So five, almost six months in, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's been rough. It has, really but it, it's been a it's been a, a a learning period. It's been it's yeah. been fun. Yeah. But you know, I, I the last few months has been amazing as far as like our ability to consume. Um, what's on you know netflix hulu disney plus uh what we have now hbo max cbs all access like the the availability of of media at our fingertips uh could not have come um at a better time when we're all locked so in so i've yeah, i've so been true. i feel like i'm i should have like a a doctorate level um education on uh, american media <laughs> It's interesting too, though, that I don't. So last night in the middle of the night, there was a, a shooting here in Austin. Five people were shot. All are expected to be okay, which is the good news. But it took media like several hours for it to even register as a news story. And I had that thought. I'm like, what kind of a state are we in that, you know, a downtown shooting, five people being shot wasn't even a news story story until like five hours after the fact, yeah. you know? And, and I thought about that too. And I was like, any other, any other year, any one of these headlines that we see would have been what, but now it's like, Oh yeah, well it's Tuesday. Of course that's what happened. Exactly. You know? <laughs> it's not shocking anymore. It yeah. should be, but it's not. Yeah. But it's and, not. and that's it's... the sad reality to it, but you know, yeah. 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 <laughs> Kate and mine's favorite phrase. It is what it is, right? It is what it is. <laughs> that's yes, exactly. Yeah. That, that's like the, the 21st century of, of, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of the serenity prayer. Um, the, you know, give me strength to, 
let go of the things that I cannot change and to accept the things that I can and to know the difference. I right. paraphrase yeah. it, but it, it's kind of like the, it, to know the difference, man. Yeah. That's become, I think that's what I keep repeating to myself, not in those terms, but yeah. like all the stuff that you can get into with people or kind of go there, um, oh, yeah. all the things going on politically. It's almost like, okay, I'm not going to make a big dent. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to bother with that Yeah, because it's just such a waste of energy and we need all the strength, like all our own resources that we can, you know, kind of hold on to. Well, so, and you said it exactly. It's, it's a waste of energy. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I have a lot of personal issues with a 12 step program. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think people have been led, there's, there's good things out of it, but also I think it's, it, it's used for abuse. Yeah. Um, but but the good things that I, especially, you know, learning to accept the things that I cannot change and the mm-hmm. things that I can and to know the difference. Yeah. Because um, yeah. how many times do we waste energy about something you have absolutely no control to change? It's like, yeah. dang, that sun coming out at six o'clock in the morning. What That's how do? it is. You can't change that. Heliocentricity, yep. rotation of the earth, you know. Yeah. Yeah, there's well, nothing you can do about it. So why waste that energy being pissed off about it? Like, it's like, it is what it is, right? Yeah, right. Well, and I, that's kind of the, so the last few days I've made a lot of lifestyle changes. We'll see how long they last. Cause we can, you know, it's like the, the cyclical, oh yeah, I'm changing my life. Um, but, but it was kind of centered on that where it was, I'm either, I feel like I'm either living my life in crisis, like, oh my gosh, look what's happening. And, you know, anxiety levels up here, or I'm just totally apathetic where I'm just like, you know what? I just don't have the energy to deal. So I'm just not going to process, which I think is really common response. Yeah. Right. Um, these high emotions or no emotions, but recognizing, so this is actually kind of funny. I was watching Kung Fu Panda. (laughs) It's a funny show. I know. I love it. I think it was the second one. And they were talking about inner peace and finding balance so that you can have inner peace. And I really started thinking about that. And I was like, you know, I need to find that in my life. And it's funny because I was actually doing some cleaning and organizing while I had this on in the background. And I just, I just realized a couple days ago, I was like, I need to do so much more like internal organization and internal processing to find that inner peace. Um, and so I, 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 I did my first Tai Chi class yesterday, oh, wow. um, nice. which I just loved and have started meditating again. It's been a long time since I've done that. And I'm going to start, you know, with the, like the plant-based clean eating. And anyway, so cool. I'm, I'm kind of excited about it, but it just was funny that Kung Fu Panda of all things was like the kick in the pants that I needed to pull it together. Right. So that, so that I have the strength internally and externally to deal with everything that's going on. And it was just yeah. kind of a funny, it's been a funny couple of days. That's, <laughs> that's where I landed. I'm so glad, you know, I think it's just whatever connects at the right time. And yeah, right. I've been going through something similar in that um, I think my internal, I think the reason we don't want to think too much about things sometimes is because that brings us to a point of, oh, I'm in the middle, I need to make a decision. I can't just always be in the middle going, um, oh, you know, things can be this or that. But at some point you do make that decision to actually execute a plan. Um, And I think that that's where I've been 
um, like I was talking about my teeth. Like, so I have this mouth guard, I have this like retainer in and it's so embarrassing, but I've, I have to wear that. And I have had all this work done on my mouth the last, I'd say year. And it's something that I was putting off and putting off and putting off because I didn't want to deal with it because there's yeah. too much, there's too much trauma associated with like my mouth and my teeth and dentists. And I just did not want to deal with it. And what happened is I, um, well, it happened during the quarantine. I was supposed to get a tooth um, looked at or removed or something. And because I couldn't go in, it actually, the infection spread. And oh. I ended up having, it had, it was like a surgery. It was a full on mm -hmm. thing. And so again, I should have had that dealt with like years ago, but I yeah. just, there's things that I have not wanted to address. So I think that's part yeah. of the pain of letting things settle in and think about it and then you know, okay, well now I have to, I have to act and do something. And then yeah. maybe it's that you have surgery and like Drew, like what's going on with you. I'm not saying that yeah. you didn't see it. It sounds like you were pretty on top of that situation. Well, it, with the yeah, it, it is. And so, yeah. And, and for those that, that, that aren't aware, uh, you know, the, the last, uh, um, two weeks have been, uh, kind of a world, uh, you know, turned world upside down. So, um, you know, I found out, uh, that I have skin cancer. Um, which is not something you want to find out when you're only yeah. 39. I, you know, if I was like 79, I'd be like, eh. yeah, it, okay, that's what it comes at 70. That you know, that's what's expected. It's it, not at 39. Um, but yeah, so you know, the, the last couple of weeks have really been challenging. I've, I've talked a little bit about Facebook for the most part. I've kept most of my emotions inside because mm. um, that's how I process. But uh, no, you know, dealing with. With, with that that trauma um you know that that turns your world upside down and you know how it came about was you know eric noticed a mole on my back uh that started uh getting darker and growing and uh then had a, a raised area um and he's like you really should get that checked out and you know of course we're in covid conditions so the va um you know they're not doing primary like it ha emergency calls are, are the only things they're doing so you know i, I sent my uh primary care doctor there at the va uh, uh just uh, one of the instant messages and i attached a picture i'm like hey i got this mole i know you know you're not doing clinics but could we maybe ask like dermatology if like this is something we should worry about and you know when i got a response from them within like three hours like and again this is a va so that's not normal yeah. it's like should I read into that? Uh -oh. Like <laughs> you guys got no. a little bit excited and, and like, okay, we're going to get you in in two days. Uh -oh. And so, you know, then I got in there and they, you know, they cut it out and sent it to the lab for biopsy. And then, uh, you know, had to wait another two weeks, um, which was fun. I'll just say that because yeah. your, your body knows. Um, I, yeah. I, I can't speak for everyone, but I could speak for my own experience. Um, you know, I, I, I do enough cannabis and enough mindfulness meditation that I, you know, I can access the operating system of my body. Hmm. And, you, know, you just, I knew really something was wrong. I, I, I knew it's just the feeling that I had. So it's like, you know, when they're cutting out, it's like, I already can tell you it's going to come back this. And they're like, well, yeah. let, let's test and let's make sure I'm like, well, my body tells me what I know. So let, wow. let's see. And it's, it, it's ironic. Cause I, I, I downloaded the uh, notes cause I wanted to get the, uh, exact code of what type of a melanoma it was. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, they, they even made reference, like, uh, patient says that he, his body knows that it's, it's melanoma. <laughs> patient says. 
Um, is that code for patients like crazy or what? Well, some think that some think me crazy, but you know what? Every time I have gone to the doctor, I'm like, something's wrong with my body. Something's go I I don't know what, but you know, the check engine light. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. something's wrong. wrong. Right, something's um, wrong. Yeah, something's yeah. wrong. And so you know, I I I felt that, and and so you know, it came back, and so this week. Um, you know, on, on Monday, I got a call. They're like, yes, it's, it's melanoma. Oh. And it's like, even though I was prepared for it, it's like, you know, and um, the, the feeling of just being completely numb is, is the best way I could describe it. Like so many emotions. And then it's just like, just like white noise. Oh. Um, and so, yeah, you know, dealt with that, uh, then got a call the next day that, you know, we have a cancer specialist, uh, a melanoma specialist from the Huntsman Cancer Institute that's coming into clinic today. Mm -hmm. Can you come tomorrow, uh, 9am? It's the first appointment. And I'm like, should I read into this? Yeah. Uh, again, yes. this is not <laughs> normal. <laughs> I read into everything all the time. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Trust your gut. That, and that's the thing, you know, when you say, should I read into this? That's your gut saying, put a pin on it. Yeah. 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 So, you know, they, I, I went in and, uh, you know, he's like, let me look at your whole body. And I'm like, I know I'm fabulous. Right. Um, you know, found a couple more spots that he was concerned about. So, um, you know, I, I now have, uh, three mutations in my meat suit, um, meat suits mutated to him trying to kill me now. So, so that's where we're doing at. And okay. so that, that's also why comic church has been a little sparse the last couple yeah. of weeks. Like there's been a lot that, you know, I'm processing and, um, you know, Jesse's going through uh, things as well, and and Sean, and it, it, it's like everybody's getting hit hard with reality, yeah. just right in yeah. the face. Yes. Um, well, I think Drew, it just needs that more people need to be watching Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> true. Yeah. They they, they do. <laughs> but but no, it is it's it, it, yeah. it's been, you know, uh, what is that phrase? Uh, momentous mori. Um, yeah. You know, Latin for you know, at some point we're all gonna die. Um, See, I know, darn and, it. You know, j just having that awareness, um, first of all, I feel like I've unlocked a whole new level of, of dark humor that I've never thought possible. Yeah. Um, it's quite amazing, um, although 90% of it's not appropriate for uh, Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I love dark humor. I do too. But when I went through my experience with like domestic violence and that yes. whole period of time, life was dark. I literally felt like I was like, there was a spell, like I was, a, there was a curse oh, in yeah. my veins. And like, I felt like, like, I felt like there was a curse in my veins, literally. Definitely. Like there was like this aura about me. And I even felt like I felt bad getting around people because I felt like I was such bad energy and it was yeah. just all stuck in my system. So it's kind of weird. It is a weird but thing to go through. The, as I've analyzed it, because because uh, again, everything with me, like I'm super analytical. Like yeah. everything's a thought exercise, a mental exercise. You know, an opportunity to exp expand awareness, consciousness. Like yeah. you know, uh, I'm like a walking DMT. <laughs> um, but but no dark humor. There is there's something about it that is medicinal. Yes. Um, and you know, I I, I you I, I've seen you know as as a, a disabled vet. Uh, you know, dealing with PTSD, you know, we are, you know, the PTSD vets are like super, super dark, but it's, it's, it's medicinal. It's like medicinal humor because 
like when you make that super dark joke, it's it's your way of processing fear and transmuting it into humor yes. and letting it out as, as yes. instead of just holding that anxiety inside. Yeah. Which, yeah. which I think, you know, long-term creates more cancer. I agree. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there's, there's, there is uh, some magic that comes with super dark humor. Uh, huh. Maybe we should start so a podcast just on, on humor. <laughs> Super what's, dark humor. Podcast. What's a good movie that's that people can? What's a good movie or something that people can reference for the dark humor that you're talking about? Exactly. Is it just so off grid that we don't even want to know about it? <laughs> well, well, cancer jokes. Oh, uh, cancer mean, jokes. I mean, you know cancer. Okay, I would not do that. You know, like like Eric's like, can you do the dishes? I'm like, I don't know. Let me ask my cancer. You know, <laughs> stuff like that. Like really, really dark off color. I see what or, you you're know. saying. You're saying you bring it into the conversation on a level that. Really? Yeah. Okay. Got or, it. Yeah. Or, or like, or there's something on TV, or you know, it's just it, it's it, the variety of of the humor. Like, mm -hmm. again, it, I should have a, a a reality show being filmed right now because there would be some amazing content. If only just for them to like catch the content to like put it into show other shows. Yes. Like, I yeah. Did you see? I have to Google because I oh, I can't remember who was it. But did you ever watch the C word? Um, this was, oh, it was a few years ago. I did it because um, I didn't have showtime. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I heard of it. I didn't watch yeah. it. Yeah. It's Lena Dunham. Yeah. It is yeah. worth, um, oh no, no, wait, hold on. Maybe that's wrong. That was the, that was the talk show. Um, but it's, it's worth looking up and yeah, I'll look that up. Cause I, I remember when it. that came out. Yeah. 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 That might be really good and therapeutic. I, I think I have, I I get what you're saying in that when you finally bring it up into your conversation, it makes it very real. And I yeah. think for me with like cancer specifically, I do not why I, I do not know why, but I've had this, I have a fear of that in yeah. such a way um, that I find myself not wanting to talk about that. I'll talk about everything else. Yeah. But to me, I, that represents like, you know, well, that's, that's the bad thing. That's the thing that, that, we're all afraid of. So I don't talk about cancer very much at all. Yeah. Um, but I probably, this is good for me to just, but cause know. that fear is still there. So I you're just locking a conversation and all that energy and just, yes, it's so true. I don't, I'm afraid to talk about it. So I'm just going to store that energy inside and hope it doesn't so manifest true. in the very thing that I'm afraid to talk about. Which is and that. It, yeah. The idea yeah. that you have control over it. If you don't yeah. talk about it. Right. Well, yeah. and, and you know, for me, like I've, you know, w with all the health problems I have and, and, you know, COPD and breathing issues and, yeah. and stuff connected to my service and all that. I've always kind of, you know, I've spent my dark humor for the last 10 years, like planning uh, to prepare myself that I'm going to die from like pneumonia. Yeah. But then I yeah. die from lung cancer. cancer. Like, like that, that, that's the, the sick irony of the universe. It's like, I, I I've wasted all this energy fearful of dying choking of pneumonia but you know it's the lung cancer that will get me like oh dang it that's I mean, it, it, yeah. it is what it is right learning to accept was, the things i cannot change but no i like i and i'm not giving up i'm not gonna let this take me either i've i've beaten so many things i'm not looking letting oh you're so resilient you're so resilient yeah but it's just well, like i didn't want this challenge right now like my long my, you know i was planning on you know being married by the end of this summer oh yeah uh, you and Eric. next year like we you know oh. we've been talking about doing surrogacy and uh you know having having a kid it's like now we have the c word in there that we have to talk about it's like that is not on my long-term plans right now right um, 
you know, yeah. we're, we were in the process of uh, taking comic church to the next level. Now, you know, we got canceled off K talk cause you know, we're too liberal for them. Um, Is but, that you know, what happened? I knew it was maybe going to happen. <laughs> but... <laughs> Which is isn't that just so great? <laughs> Canceled. You're <Yeah>. out. <laughs> anyway. Well, and we, I had my We love our K-Talk friends. And if they yeah. ever want to change their mind and realize that they made a huge mistake, you know, we're open to that. <laughs> but, um, but, but no, like, you know, I've, I, with, with COVID, you know, the world ended. It's time we can reorganize. There's so many plans. And it's like, well, fuck that. Oh, we're off the radio. Uh, freak that. <laughs> um <laughs> Hmm. Yeah. No. Well, can we can we change the subject and talk about yeah, something go ahead, Kate. absolutely amazing <laughs> and hysterical? Case, case, case punching in right now. Oh, well, I, go ahead, Kate. Well, I just wanted to say, well, first of all, totally have my wires crossed. The show is called The Big C. That's oh. what oh, okay. show. Yeah. There's a podcast, I think, called The C Word. Anyway, but no, I just, you know, we were talking about this, like, the world is ending and trying to find humor where we can find humor. And I just wanted to talk about last night because I found so much joy in watching. So I had CNN on, again, kind of in the background, and they were showing the pictures of the Trump rally and, and the empty plaza and the headline, you know, that said that, that Trump cancels overflow um, visit or overflow talk because the overflow crowd didn't come. I was like, yeah. the best headline I have ever seen ever. And it was just so great to see that empty plaza and then to see, and again, CNN totally trolling and it was beautiful as they panned the empty I got to use my new iPad. I love that. I <laughs> saw that last I, night. I, I, I drew all of his little white crowd in there. So I you love know, that. It's great. Oh my gosh. It was so <laughs> funny. It was so funny. And so I just was finding great, great delight in this and saw some friends on Facebook that were like, oh no, I forgot to use my seven tickets that I reserved. That is so funny. But then it got better. And I think Drew, you should share this headline. <laughs> it was Yeah. So, and I know this was true because I have a couple friends uh, who, who, who were part of this, but uh, so this is coming from, uh, who was this? This was, the New York Times, uh, TikTok teens and K-pop stars stands say they uh, sank the Trump rally, and so I, I guess, uh, yeah, there was this this big uh, underground movement where all these kids on TikTok bought like massive amounts so of tickets. Like funny. one of my friend's uh, daughters uh, actually got a hundred tickets. Wow, uh, she's here in Salt Lake, so um, and funny. and her and her friends, and so yeah, they. Uh, completely punked uh the president's uh re-election campaign which Love is it. just yeah because uh, you could see you could see on his face how triggered he was and like that that video of him getting off the the helicopter there at uh the white house you know with his tie undone and you oh can see the dripping in sweat Ugh. and like his makeup's running down and Ugh. just like trying to smile it's like hey and just like walking in, it's like so disappointed, you know but doesn't know how to like communicate about. Yeah, like he's so he's so awful. He's such yeah. an awful well, person. That's what a narcissistic. Get it. Yeah, yeah. Order uh, personality disorder meets you know snuffing uh, Adderall. That's that's what you get. You know, yeah. and you, it is what it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
Well, and even I did, I did not watch the rally, but I did watch some of the after coverage. And can I just say how much I love Wolf Blitzer? Because again, like his ability to just this like subtly troll, it was amazing. <laughs> but, uh, and Sanjay Gupta, I mean, it was great. It was just great. But um, they, apparently I'm a poster child for CNN today. <laughs> I um, love CNN. Yeah. <laughs> but it like, even the crowd in the rally wasn't, your typical like enthusiastic no diehard. I mean, I'm sure there were some, but again, watching some of these camera shots, some people I'm sure there was some phone people. and yawning, and yeah, occasionally you know there'd there'd be the the diehard, you know, MAGA, but yeah. it just again, it was just a beautiful moment because it was or or the misplaced sign for him, a, a white person holding blacks for Trump sign. Or yeah. somebody, oh my, my, my other favorite was looking in the crowd and seeing someone saying, holding up a sign that says, uh, police officers for Trump. And it's like, you are so not a police officer. Oh my God. Like, yeah. I, I, I your, your haircut, your personality, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, right. you're not. Like, like, yeah, nice try. I think it's funny too, you know, I was in, um, I was in West Hollywood on the day, well, we got there on the day that they were having these big, the, the, um, the protest, the march yeah. was going on. It was a couple of weeks ago. And I was there with um, some people who are actually from more of the millennial age group. I'm hanging out with younger people. I don't know why. I don't know how that's happening. Um, but but they, I'm so basic. I thought it was so, you know, forward thinking. But these millennial kids, these kids with this um, that are really um, aggressive politically, they don't they don't play sides. They just say it. They're just like, don't. Don't like I'm always going, yeah, but what about this? And what about that? Because I have been more raised in a generation of trying to make everyone happy. Diplomacy. Yeah, diplomacy. Yeah. How do we all come to the same? How can we all get along? And I learned really fast, like that is not how this generation operates. No, because and they've they, seen the fakeness of it. Exactly. And, and they're so, tired. And, and yeah. I'm getting there. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted from myself. Because yeah. I just am like always trying to find the thing that makes us all get along. I do, like I don't care anymore. That's where mm. I'm coming to. It's just, yeah. just you know. Well, it, it's no. the burnout, it, 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 and you know it, it. It it's like you know the. The, the cancer diagnosis took me there a lot sooner, but it's like you get to the point where you're just so oversaturated. It's like, yes, I'm numb. It's yes. like emotionally, I've I've been running on overdrive for so long. It's now just like white noise, numb. It's yeah. like I don't even. I I have no energy left to react. Exactly, well, and it's like because I still, you know, I still think that compassion and empathy are really important, but it's got to be directed compassion and empathy. You know, I even look at like my social media for years, you know, not like not unfriending people because I thought that maybe that was rude and, you know, I didn't yes. want to hurt feelings. It's like me. I have unfriended more people in the last three weeks than I have in 12 years on Facebook. Yeah. Same with me. Because I'm just done. And that's Same. it. It's like, no, 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 no. Why do I have to be the only one that's digging it down and trying to find compassion and empathy? Mm, no, yeah. not, not playing, not playing anymore. So true. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's, that's where I'm at. Well, and, and it's, it's getting to the point where also people are revealing who they are on the inside without the facade. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, the bravery to come out and be a bigot. It's like, go ahead. I, I, I grew up in the nineties. Like I still was taught like 
that's bad. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> be proud about. They don't see it. This is what I'm realizing mm -hmm. is like, oh, I get it. You don't understand that that is how, that's what you are presenting. Well, it, you don't and see that, that. Yeah, exactly. And that I think leads us to our, our next yes, topic. We and and so, um, you know, and, and for, you know, regular comic church viewers, um, you know, before comic church, in fact, comic church came out of foyer chats. Um, you know, if, if, if you've ever been to church, some Love of the best it. theology is taught out in the foyers. Um, you know, <laughs> theology. The, the, it, it, it's true. The, the, the true conversations, uh, free of, you know, fear of, you know, what the corporate office is going to say or fear of, you know, well, that doesn't stick to a 2000 year old book that, you know, only gave an analogy, but that analogy now applies to everything, you know? So, so we free ourselves from the constraints of the pulpit and have real conversations in the foyer. Um, and, and so, you know, just with everything going on, everything I've been going through, you know, I'm like, let's, let's bring back the foyer chats, um, uh, with, you know, comic church. So that's kind of where, we're, what, what this is. Um, yeah. but there was a post that, that was going around and I shared it on my wall. Um, and it's, uh, it's about the Disney princess theology and I'll, I'll go ahead and read it for those that aren't aware. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so, and then I'll offer commentary. White Christianity suffers from a bad case of Disney princess theology. As each individual reads scriptures, they see themselves as the princess in every story. They're Esther, never uh, Xerxes or Haman, they're Peter, but never Judas. They're the women anointing Jesus, never the Pharisees. They're the Jews escaping slavery, never Egypt. For citizens of the most powerful country in the world who have enslaved both native and black people, to see itself as Israel, not Egypt, when studying scripture is a perfect example of Disney princess theology. And it means as it, and it means that as a people in power, they have no lens for locating themselves rightly in scriptures or society. I'm going to reread that line. Wow. It means that as a people in power, they have no lens for locating themselves rightly in scripture or society. And it has made them blind and utterly ill-equipped to engage issues <coughs> of power and injustice. Um, it's some very weak Bible work. Um, and so... You know, I remember when I was introduced into the Disney princess theology, um, you know, it, it was a breakthrough for me, um, you know, and it, uh, in recognizing so many of the contradictions and the issues uh, that I came across while in ministry um, in the school back in the day, um, you know, and you also see these conditions in the military, um, you know, new recruits often join the uh, military thinking they're going to be like Luke Skywalker, you know, starting out on their own hero's journey, defending freedom, America, the good old red, white, and blue, and, you know, stick up for all those people that aren't able to defend themselves. And then by the time of the end of their career, they realize they've been stormtroopers all along. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, this is one of the reoccurring um, themes uh, with comic church and, and, and sci-fi church that, that we talk about, you know, where we have these mythological type stories that we all love and cherish from literature uh, comics and film. And we talk about how we can use them as a type of long form thought exercise, um, where we can see ourselves in the various roles throughout the narrative. You know, this is, you got to practice, you know, you know, where I talked about that, that lens, um, um, where they have no lens for locating themselves rightly in scripture or society. You know, this is what we're talking about. So Comic true. church. We actually practice so this true. technique. Um, you know, ego makes us all think we're the Steve Rogers, the Frodo, or the Luke Skywalker of our stories. Um, 
take some mushrooms, maybe a little LSD, ayahuasca, cannabis, deconstruct that ego a little bit and you'll start yeah. to realize you're Pippin or, or BB-8 at Pippin, best. Which is so, I thought that was so funny. <laughs> right? Yeah. But but yeah. seriously, like I, I'm, I'm curious to know how many um, people, if, if, if they're really honest with themselves, you know, doing the shadow work, you know, incorporating both sides of, of your personality, um, you know, if they could honestly, uh, you know, with themselves using the lens to locate themselves rightly in literature, would you see yourselves as, as a Boromir or a Saruman? You know, th these are people that started out, right, but that end up getting corrupted by power. You know, that that's a metaphor for our our capitalist society. You know, you, you don't have to have, you know, dark magic. You just have to have money. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's so many things. So, you know, if, if we properly teach people how to lend themselves in literature, would that eliminate this Disney princess theology mindset? You know, I, it's an interesting question. <laughs> I think it's an interesting question because you just see it right now and it's pervasive in everything, you know, from, yeah. from, you can't make me wear a mask in public to how dare you change the name of my syrup to, I mean, just some of these things that you look at it, it's like, it's just so ridiculous. Like, so out there. but it comes back to that perspective, you know, that if you really see yourself and think yourself the center of everyone else's universe, yeah. right? Right. I am the Disney princess. Any, any, even aptitude and capacity for that kind of empathy goes out the window. It, it does. You know, I had this experience. I was just thinking about this as Drew was talking. Um, when I first, when I was getting my divorce, I think it may have been the year or two after, but there was a moment where I think it was like October, it was Halloween. So we were looking at getting some um, Halloween costumes for me and my kids or whatever. And I remember looking around and the person I was at that time was looking for this Disney theme. I literally remember having this moment of clarity. And I actually thought, if I keep going Disney at this point in my life, I will not change. My life will be the same as what I'm trying to leave. Because I knew that I had already been sort of like um, encased in this Disney theme already. Because I knew mm -hmm. that my personality and who I was was very shaped by my Mormon upbringing. Yeah. It was shaped by everything I was told. And I was trying desperately to get out of that because it was miserable for me. I remember being, um, so, so it was Halloween. And it was like, okay, we could do this really cute Disney thing. And I, that bothered me because I'm like, I don't want to be that. But I, it's all I have. It's what I am. And you know what I did on purpose? On purpose, I thought, okay, let's do something else. Let's do uh, Kim Kardashian. We're going to be the Kardashians where we're going to have, um, we'll have, you know, the, the mom and the sisters. And then my little baby, my little Presley, she was the dog. And, yeah. and I remember just being like, okay, this is just how I, I don't feel like this person. I don't feel like that edgy type person. I don't feel like that, but I also know that I need to feel that way. Yeah. I need to get away from whatever this agreeableness is about me. Um, the thing that I felt like I was trapped, that trapped me in my marriage was actually the very thing with this Disney thing that you're talking about is that I couldn't locate my own identity. I couldn't locate my own perceptions of things because it was so infused with what I was being told I had to think about things. And so I think people can do things like you can, 
you can set yourself up to have a change by changing your environment. You can change maybe how you dress. Um, you can change, you know, like I started wearing, I, I wore like a leather jacket more. I, I started doing things on purpose to try to change my, my deep cognition to come t- into more alignment <laughs> with the life I wanted, right? I know yeah. that's a big, long tangent, but. No, you know, and Rochelle, and please hear this because I'm saying this like with some humor, but also some, I get it because I've totally <laughs> been there. Okay. Um, I love that, you know, you say like wearing leather jackets that coming up in that, that Mormon theology, you know, if we think about how was the bad guy always portrayed leather exactly and a leather jacket right exactly when you think think let's take it further all the disney evil characters have the um the gay lisp the where where they would demonize gay people so they would always make like the evil person look gay yeah Um, and you know that was the 20th century disney pattern that they're talking about like scar like from like um uh the the Aladdin, what's his name? Um, Jafar. Jafar. Oh, like, interesting. Like I never if, thought of if, that. If you look at all of the evil characters in Disney, uh, you'll see that they they give them stereotypical gay mannerisms. Wow. Uh, and yeah, it's yeah. Luckily, they don't do that anymore. But that's well. And then where I was coming from, what had been stereotyped was like the Kardashians, those girls that they're yeah. so bad. They have boob jobs. They're like all they're all focused on their appearance and. And I'm like, well, right, but so, like, yeah. why have we decided that that's bad? You know, well, why not, not necessarily bad, but but let, let let's take it internally though. Like, if if you're going to the extreme to surgically alter your body into something that it's not naturally, yeah. Thank you for saying. I don't, I don't put, mean that. Right. Yeah, to 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 put out an image of what you think is beautiful, like right. There there's some mental health issues that we could talk underlying on those issues. Like, <laughs> yes, that's could very you true. be this happy and this successful without altering your body? Yeah. And you know that I, I think those are different levels of awakenness being woke. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I I want to like backstep on that. I, I didn't mean, I mean, I was so basic coming out of this, like the Kardashians were just like this image that I was like, if I could even just have a slice of that, not even surgery, I was just looking for more the audacity of even deciding to wear, you know, all the makeup and all the stuff. Cause I used to be more like that before I got married and did the whole Mormon thing. Like I used to be a lot more like that because it's just who I was. So I was just trying to reconnect, I think, with part of me that had been framed as though it was bad because yeah. the, good, the good girls, the good girls do, you know, do this. They do the Disney princess thing. And so I think when we're trying to deconstruct that whole, um, you know, the whole paradigm of Disney mm-hmm. princess, it goes and it's so layered because it's deep into our identities if we've been watching even Disney and how that's, you know, portrayed. Yeah. It is. It really is. And, you know, there was, uh, first of all, I, I've talked about this YouTube channel quite a bit. It's uh, called Like Stories of Old. Um, and they've actually done a three-part um, uh, series over the last month and a half on on this topic. So, you know, one of the books we talk about a lot in the on Comic Church is Joseph Campbell's The Hero with a Thousand Faces. Um, and, you know, it, it's, um, it, it, it breaks down 
you know, some amazing recognitions throughout all of our literature, all of our movies, all of our films, you know, Luke, uh, Luke Skywalker, Star Wars, the Bible, Lord of the Rings, all these are patterns of the same type of storytelling, the hero's journey. Um, you know, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with the hero's journey. I, I, being a, a aware of what that process is, is, is a, is a great stepping stone to conscious awareness. I think everyone should do it. But at the same time, is every gonna if is everybody gonna be a Frodo? Is every gonna everybody gonna be, you know, Steve Rogers and and uh you know Captain America? Is everyone gonna be, you know, uh uh Cinderella or uh I'm trying to think of all the Disney princesses' names, you know, <laughs> Belle, Aurora. All, you know, where, where, where Aurora, you know, where, where Sleeping you, Beauty. Where yeah. the entire world revolves around you. And, and and you're coming to your place and you're the hero of the story. And and there's nothing wrong in that per se, but you know, here in our reality where we have 7.8 billion heroes, you know, where we have 7.8 billion individual heroes journeys, you know, there, there's a lot of Frodo's, there's a lot of Sam's, but you know, who's going to be the BBH? Who's going to be the, you know, the, 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 the supporting characters and, and yeah. it's okay to be a supporting character. Like, you know, if, if I've gone through my whole life, like I failed, I was, I was just a merrier Pippin at best, you know, yeah. is that okay? You know, have, have we yeah. been programmed through Disney and the hero's journey to think we all have to be, you know, the Steve Rogers level of, of superstar and, and just amazing moral character that, that, you know, saves the world from everything. Yeah. You know, can you be who you are and you, and, and, and what makes you happy without having to like be the center of the world? Yeah. And, you know, I, and I, I think this Disney princess theology, and again, we see it in, 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 in Christianity, we see it in, in regular literature, you know, there's, there was another meme going around, um, you know, where it breaks down all these different uh, moral lessons taught through comics, you know, uh, you know, Black Panther, uh, Captain America, Lord of the Rings, all these things. And so it's like, you know, we have all these thought exercises about what's moral. And, you know, you love these pop culture things, but yet you're supporting putting kids in cages and, you know, r racism and, and, you know, trying to yeah. ferment a race war. Mm -hmm. like. If you love pop culture, if you love Star Trek, if you love all these and yet you're this, you failed at the lesson of what Star Trek was trying to teach you. You failed at the lesson of what Lord of the Rings tried to teach you. You failed at all these lessons. Because again, these are all allegories of what we'll experience in life. Yeah. That's and so deep. It's so it, deep. It is. You know, and it, I, I think this, I, this, this awareness you know, I, I have my history teacher to thank for this. I, I had, you know, I, I'll recognize my privilege. I, you know, I grew up in South Orange County, California, yeah. uh, in the gated communities of Cota de Casa, where the Real Housewives of Orange County all came from. Like that, that's where, where girl. I'll, I'll, I'll that. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not going to apologize for it either. I yeah, had an amazing should. upbringing. I had an amazing yeah. upbringing. Yeah. Um, and, and with that, I also had an amazing public education in the nineties mm. there in Orange County, California. Yeah. I had amazing teachers, amazing uh, sociology, social studies teachers and, and history. And, and one of them, uh, Mr. Stordahl, uh, had him three out of the four years of high school. Um, you know, one of the things that he, he, he's like, you're learning history. If only for the fact that when history repeats, which it does, yeah. 
Wow. You know which side you're going to be on. Wow. Mm-hmm. That gave um, me chills. It, it, it is. It, it, it's a paradigm shattering analogy. Yeah. You know, we study history if, if only so we can recognize the patterns. Yes. And choose yeah. to be which and side we want to be on. Yeah. You know, go, okay. Kate. Oh, I just, so, you know, you talked a little bit about Star Trek and that's so, <laughs> I love Star Trek. No one here, no one here should be right. of planets. Yeah, my last name is Borg, right? I love um, it. Oh, that's awesome. of the collective. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, so it belonged to some different like Star Trek fan groups on Facebook or whatnot. And I just am consistently disappointed because you're just, as you pointed out, it's like, okay, I'm sorry, but if you're going to be on here spouting, you know, the, the, all lives matter and, you know, putting down these movements for change. It's like, you've missed the entire point of this franchise that, that you say that you love. Um, and I just, I wanted to share this quote. This is Gene Roddenberry, the creator of Star Trek. And he said, I believe in humanity. We are an incredible species. Mm. We're still just a child creature. We're still being nasty to each other Mm. and all children go through those phases. We're growing up. We're moving into adolescence now. When we do grow up, man, we're going to be something. And I wow. think that, that that's what's happening right now. Is that. I think that there's so many people that are trying to help humanity move beyond, you know, this childish thing that we've yeah. been for so long. Yeah. And it's just funny to not funny, funny you know people throwing tantrums over this again over the stupidest things like changing the name of their syrup you know and and full-on tantrums because we're trying to make humanity trying to make our society be society accountable for the first time ever yeah compassionate for the first time ever yeah no and and become truly what what this group of especially, you know, white Christian evangelicals pretend that they are in their Disney princess theology. (laughs) Wow. Let's, let's actually get us there. Wouldn't that be a thing? Easier easier said than done. Right. And the irony though, also with what you said, especially over the, the aunt Jemima maple syrup is a lot of the people that are up in arms. You then ask them a follow-up question. When was the last time you bought, Aunt Jemima make maple syrup. And 99.99% of the people that I've asked haven't even. Right. You know, they don't yeah. even buy it. So why are 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 they getting so up in arms about something that doesn't even involve them? But it's a culture war and it's tribalism, so they're gonna do it. Yeah, you know what else might be happening is what it's like what I was talking about with the uh, Kardashian thing. As I was starting to change my lens, I was mm-hmm. doing it on purpose. Oh yeah. Because if you don't do it, the world will. The world yeah. will start to change yeah. the symbols. We're going to change all these things. So you can't identify anymore. And so when maybe uh, these things start to come down, it's parts of their identity that they don't have control over coming down, which means they're going to eventually have to come to this point of like reckoning, which yeah. is, oh, you know, um, everything's changed. The world looks different. And, and because you didn't do it first, you didn't do yeah. it on your own terms because you made a decision to do it and to become more in alignment with like what you're saying, compassion, uh, Kate, you're saying compassion and fair fairness and like um, accountability. Mm-hmm. If you don't understand accountability just on a personal level, then you could never even understand what that looks like on oh, yeah. a bigger, in a bigger, yeah. you know, bigger sphere. 
So Aaron asked the question, I've never watched Star Trek or Lord of the Rings. Is my moral compass broken? <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, it, and it, it doesn't need to be Star Trek. It doesn't need to be Lord of the Rings. You know, it, all of our literature, like everything that we have, like even the Bible is based off of, you know, the Epic of Gilgamesh. You know, the first couple books are a retelling of the Epic of Gilgamesh. You know, all of our, we have, mythology is so amazing. So, you know, do you need to read Lord of the Rings? No, but you know, it, in, in school, you know, we read books like Moby Dick. Why do we read Moby Dick? To teach the moral lessons that when you let your anger and revenge get to the point that it controls you, it will be your ultimate destruction. Yeah. That's the point of Moby Dick. Yeah. So guess what? You've learned that lesson. So you don't have to actually learn the lesson personally. Yeah. You know, you learned your lesson through, am I Ahab? How am I Ahab in elements of my life? You know, where yeah. where I, I, I just lose sight of the forest from the trees and just, you know, just just lose it or you know we'll we'll do another one uh uh not man of la mancha it's based off that uh don quixote, don quixote. Uh, yeah. um you know tilting at windmills you know we hear that as an yeah. idiom yeah. all all throughout our you know why do yeah. why do we learn these stories you know are are you know okay well how am i tilting at windmills in my my real life and how am i fighting these imaginary yeah. enemies that aren't even real in in in, in life except for in my head Yes. Because this grand story of the shadows and everything that I'm seeing that isn't completely a real reality. So yeah. what what windmills am I tilting at in my life? How can I reorient my lens yes. and not waste energy yes. on imaginary wars? You know, we read these literatures yep. to tell us That's these the stories, you know. Um, again, it's, it's like a long form thought exercise where the thoughts already been done for you. So you just go along with the journey and you're like, yeah. Okay. If, if I'm put in this situation, you know, uh, again, I, I'm a full Trekkie. So I'll, I'll admit a lot of my moral compass is determined <laughs> by Star, Star Trek. Trek. Yeah. I, mean, I, I politically <laughs> affiliate as a Star Trek liberal. Um, <laughs> you guys, I'm not, I'm so, I'm like not a Trekkie. I, but I like Drew a lot. So, <laughs> and I like Kate now, but I grew up like my mom was so into all that. Yeah. Here's why. Here's what's so funny. She was into Battlestar Galactica and all the Star Trek. And it's because it reinforced her Mormonism. My mom was a classic like Mormon mom. And she would, I just remember watching her like sob. She'd cry over things. Um, and, and Battlestar Galactica is amazing. Like she would say, Battlestar yeah. is like Mormonism, and, it, and so well, the the guy who originally created it was Mormon. Yeah. So a yeah. lot of it is based on on loosely Mormon theology. In fact, yeah. I was talking I to, to Eric about it. yesterday. Oh, <laughs> I watch it at least. I still need to watch I, it. I do a full series watch of Battlestar Galactica at least once a year. Like it, it's it's almost mm -hmm. theology to me. And you know, I, I jokingly said, you know, for Comic Church, it would be great. We should like write a a, a Bible. Um, in in the form of the Bible, but just retelling, you know, Lord of the Rings is Genesis, or <laughs> I not? You did not that uh, Battlestar Galactica is, yeah. is is Genesis. You know, if if you've watched it, that's our origin story. Yeah. And you know, I even made the joke. I'm like, even that, you know, the the four <laughs> seasons of of uh, uh, Ronald Moore's Battlestar makes more sense than you know the entire front half of the Bible. So as far as the origin watch, story goes. Tell people to go watch that. Like if it works, I think if it puts you in a yeah, space exactly. that resonates, it's about what resonates with you. Exactly. Like, um, you know, the panda, Kung Fu Panda. Like yeah. it's what resonates with you at, at a moment where you are willing to lean into being resonated with because I think people get afraid of the resonance. Because yeah. when you start to get in alignment, that means things are starting to come together in a way that's going to actually help your life be better. 
And I honestly think people don't know how to adapt to a better life necessarily. Right, right. With that, Rochelle, your life and someone else's, right? It's kind of like the whole idea of wearing a mask during during coronavirus times. It's not just about you. Yes, like protect yourself, find what resonates with you. But also, wow, maybe turn, like, let's turn our heads and see who's standing next to us. Right. You know, and and how can changes that I make in my life benefit Benefit. people around Benefit, right? That's it. Like, because if you can make positive changes, it has such a ripple effect. Yes. It makes people better. Like, you're not having these, like I, I do a lot of work in just my own home with my kids. We do a yeah. lot of work there because I come from a background of domestic violence where the, mm-hmm. the home environment was always just so tense and like, ah. so my goal in life has been to have a really peaceful, good home or, or just mm-hmm. always be like, if I'm in a space with people that I need to show up and try to make that better. And that's mm-hmm. because I, I understand what it feels like to suffer in an environment mm-hmm. with a bunch of assholes, mm-hmm. just a yeah. bunch of assholes. Yeah. And yeah. it's unnecessary. That's what's bothering me. It's like, it's so unnecessary. If you learn how to just try to like, okay, this is where I get really worked up. My heart rate's like racing. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, again, manage your personal space, the people around you and how you can maybe make changes that help their lives be better. Yeah. And then, and then like, look at that first. And then maybe if you're good at that, then go out the next level. But if you're not even good at that in your life, all the people in your world are all like, and then you're going out and like saying, okay, well, all this has to happen. No one, like whatever, you can't even walk the walk. You know, you're just out yeah. there talking crap and you can't do it on your own. I don't know. Yeah. This is, this is a sore spot for me. So. Um, well, but Rochelle, it, I mean, clear, like clearly, Clearly, like you said, you know, you're very passionate about this. And and clearly, I think you've got a lot to offer for people that are finding themselves in the middle of this, whether it is, you know, domestic violence specifically or just needing to make some general changes, you know, that that it, it's I, I just met you. Hi, Rochelle. I'm Kate. Hi, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's the thing is, like, I can tell this about you, that, that you you are someone who is comfortable and confident with where you are now. But that it's been such a journey it's for you. It's been to a long journey. Yes. Yeah. And so yeah. just thank you for, for sharing that part. Oh, because again, you, it would be easy to say, well, yeah, but I mean, look at Rochelle. She's clearly like confident in who she is and has probably loved been watching there her always. journey. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've had a lot to overcome, but also like it's been so beautiful watching you go through it though. Uh-huh. And 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 refining yourself, finding your voice, finding your 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 foundation to stand uh, upon and then go out and change the world from well, that foundation you found like you it, it's thanks. been it's thank <laughs> you for allowing me to 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 be a part of it and 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 to to watch you i love you though like i like like drew like you're my you're my i don't know why it's so weird drew's always i've always had these little angels like get perched yeah. in my life that just come in and like save me sometimes i have a it's really funny i got a text from a friend of mine um who he, he actually sent me this um, onion thing and it was about a girl who was like um, lost and she was actually having a heat stroke. But she was like, oh, it's so nice and hot today, but she ended up having a heat stroke. And he's like, this reminds me of you. And, and I'm like, yeah, it does because I have been someone who didn't really know what was going on a, a lot of time. I was so confused most of my life because mm-hmm. I just was trying to find my way out. And I've had so many people come in and just like literally save me. 
Like yeah. Drew, when you came on a, you know, a couple of years ago, when you had me come on, like that was literally a critical moment in my life where if you hadn't come in at that moment, you know, I was like, just kind of like succumbing to this other thing out there. So I've just been so grateful and I love meeting great people. Love Drew and Kate, I love you um, already. It sounds like you, the, what you do with your background, like the School for the Blind and things like that. Like people who go into that, um, teachers and different people like that have actually changed my life as well because I've had the um, luxury of being around teachers for the last four years and being collaborative. And I'm like, man, just people who do care about others, mm -hmm. that's, a, that's another way that you can put yourself in an environment and learn that and learn how to be more compassionate. You know, anyway, soapbox, yeah. so yeah. like, <laughs> down. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. But, but it is incredible though. Like, and again, you know, watching your journey, Rochelle, and I, you know, I've been going through my journey as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one, I, there, there's such a beauty um, in the fact that even when we're trying to like go through our journey by ourselves, we're still a collective. We're, we're still a family. We still have, you know, our, 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 our circle, our, our, our soul circle, I guess you could call it. Yeah. And, you know, we, we listen to those promptings, uh, you know, the Peter Tingle, as we call it here at Connor Church, <laughs> you know, <laughs> listening to your Peter Tingle. Yeah. But, but, you know, when, when, you know, I hear I my Peter say Tingle say, I just have to say, I'm so sorry to interject because it's like apropos of nothing, but that just always sounds so like sexually charged. It sounds so me. inappropriate. Drew. It does. Thank you, Marvel and Spider Man. <laughs> so just, every time you say that, I'm like, don't. You're not, yeah, you're okay. You can say it now, right? Def yeah. Well, yeah. K Talk. <laughs> well, no, we, we, we said it plenty on K-Talk. In fact, we bought the web domain, petertingle.org, which oh. will take you right to our Facebook page. Um, but but no, you know, and we we jokingly refer to Peter Tingle. We could call it the spirit. We could call it inspiration. You know, our our higher selves, whichever yeah. metaphor you want to use. Kung Fu we'll Panda, use, right? Kung Fu pa Panda. Whatever Peter, it is. Li listen to your Peter Tingle, and um, you know, <laughs> you know that that you know I reached out to you. you what it'd been like eight or nine months since we chatted. You know, and we go through these you know long spells of because yeah. again. I'm not a good communicator. Yeah. My PTSD and my anxiety, like if I sequestered and never saw another human in my life and never like, I'd be okay with you, that. You'd like that. I, I'd be okay with that. And, and it's like, sometimes I don't even notice. It's like, Oh, it, it other, other than Eric, it's been like two weeks since I've talked to another person. Oh my gosh. Oh, well I'm okay with that. Like, I would literally but, die. I probably would die. <laughs> but, but, but no, but, you know, uh, listening in on that, that the, the still small voice here, Peter Tingle and, and reaching out yeah. to you when yeah. you needed it. Yeah. And, and likewise, you've reached out to me yeah. when I've needed it without you knowing oh. and it's, it's it, 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 the interconnectedness of us. I, I, I you know, it's it, interesting. It, it's isn't a beauty. It? It, I've it's, noticed it's a it with beauty. you. It's really interesting. And I'm like, I don't know what that is, but it is something. There's some, it's a, there's, it's a it's a magic power. It, it is. It's a, it's a superpower. Yeah. And everyone has it if yeah. you train it. Yes. You know, it, it, yeah. It, it, it's like playing a musical instrument. It's like, you know, empathy. It, yeah. it, it's, it, it's pretty amazing. And I, yeah. I, I remember, um, you know, and, and we could bring it back to the, to the comic realms. Um, and you know, this, the, the Disney princess, uh, theology and, and a lot of the issues we talked about, you know, Kate, you asked, how do we solve all these problems? 
empathy is how we solve it. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember when my paradigm, like my paradigm is shattered multiple times. So, you know, yeah. I, I can make a stained glass window um, out of how many times my paradigm has been shattered. Um, but, you know, I remember one of the first red pills was when my therapist at the VA, um, he actually, he, he, he told me this Ted talk. He's like, here's your homework. Go watch this Ted talk. And then the next week he came back. Did you watch it? I'm like, nope. He's like, okay, here's your homework. Go watch this Ted talk. And it's like, then the next week, did you watch it? I'm like, no, I forgot. It's like, okay. <laughs> he turned his screen around and made me watch it in his office. But oh. it's, 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 a, it's an amazing Ted talk called a radical experiment in empathy. And I, I encourage everyone that everyone needs to watch this one. Wow. Um, but, but what the, the presenter does is he takes you through, um, um, you know, he, he puts it in military terms, you know, imagine a incoming uh, from a foreign country controlling America's coal, you know, and use Chinese as the, as the example, you know, a, an occupying force. And, you know, if, if you had a problem with this occupying force and, and his, his whole thing was to put you in the shoes of say, somebody in the Middle East, in Iraq or Afghanistan or, or some of the things. If you can imagine yourselves there, how would you act? You know, so in the United States, if that was, the roles were reversed, how would you react? And, you know, allowing yourself to truly experience that, then you're like, well, that makes sense how they react to us, you know, and, and being able to like, oh, you know, now how can I see myself as, you know, and again, it's like Luke Skywalker is Luke Skywalker, the hair, the hero, or is he the terrorist? Yeah. Depends what side you're asking. Yeah, um, it does, doesn't it? And, you know, yeah. it being able to practice. And, and again, it, it's, it, it's like a musical instrument. It, you have to practice empathy to, to um, truly understand it and, and to feel it. And Otherwise we become out of practice to it. That's right. And I think it's really interesting you said that because something uh, was said in one, either one of my threads or something on Facebook, but they were talking about how uh, Black Lives Matter with all the statues coming down. Um, mm -hmm. They said, you know, your statues are, are, are our um, triggers. Like what you have held up is something that when I see it, I actually, I diminish. Yeah. And and for someone to not actually understand that, I don't know that they would have the empathy or the ability to understand what it feels like to walk in and feel disempowered right away. No. Like I, I really am trying to get under like I'm trying to get to the psychology about people who actually can't go there, like what you're saying, go to the other yeah. side and understand. I, I don't understand how you can't, but part of it is maybe they just have never felt just squashed. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, well, that or, or, or education or exposure and, and even in some cases, mental health, like, you know, yeah, I, mental health's a big one. here, here in yeah, Salt Lake, we, true. we saw, um, you know, he has the moniker, uh, fatness Everdeen, uh, the guy that got on the protest with his bow and arrow and oh, yeah. uh, like, getting all that. And, you know, your first response is, is like, what the hell? Like who, yeah. who, who drives their car into a protest, yells the counter protest and then gets out of the car with a, a machete and then a bow and arrow. Like, this is not normal. It's um, not. And so, you know, then you find out who the guy's name is and you go to his Facebook wall and and, and you look through. It's like, oh, oh, you're like, oh, I get this it. This might be congenital. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and then, yeah. you know, there's like some serious mental health. Like, yeah, you know this person might need to be in, in this person needs help and you almost feel yeah. sorry for them. Yeah. And it's like, you know, yeah. that, that is empathy. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, it, it did he deserve what he got? Yeah. Yeah. Does he probably need help? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah. being able to see and and feel, you know. Well, while you ahead, think Kate. about that, I mean that's that's really the whole the whole premise behind this, you know, defund the police movement. It's not yeah. disband the police. Yeah. It's how can we use, you know, these billions of dollars of resources yeah. going to policing and criminalization and funnel and redirect them to yeah. more empathetic and compassionate services. You know, like this yeah. man. Imagine that, yeah. you know, there he is in crisis. And of yeah. course, you know, police are, are helping to, to quell that, right? Yeah. But then the next person on scene is a social worker. Yes. And the person yeah. after that is yes. a psychologist. Yep. Yes. And, you know, we're like next door neighbors. I hear them fighting. I make a phone call and who should show up but a crisis counselor. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Can you even imagine yep. if that was, ooh, I just. I know. I get chills. Oh I'm like, that's the, that's the answer. Because yeah. that's how we fix things. Yeah. It, and, you know, I'm a radical yes. liberal. I say for every police officer you hire, you have to hire two social workers. Like, you know, yeah. radical you know, idea. Imagine well, that, you know. <laughs> in, in Provo, when I did actually work, I, I went back to um, work at Wasatch Mental Health. I did a yeah. case management mm -hmm. for a little bit there. But during that time, what I learned is that um, the, the state hospital is actually in Provo. So I had the opportunity yeah. to go to state the mental health court, which they have their own court system. You know, if you have a mental illness and you're trying to, you know, if you're getting in, whatever, they actually have their own court for you. So I would yeah. go on a weekly basis and, and, you know, be tapped into that. But what I noticed is that um, all the Provo police, the Provo police department, they had all been very uh, trained in mental health because yeah. of the state hospital. And, um, and as a social worker, I did go out on all these really, really scary calls. And on one of them, I had a guy who actually was like six five, six six, and he was—he did have like a machete. He was going around. Yeah. There was kids. Like he was trying to hurt people. Yeah. And I was on the scene, and the police—they were so amazing. So I think when people think that if you're um, against like the whole defend police, you, that doesn't mean we don't like police. It doesn't mean that we're against police or that we don't see the value in that. It's just—it's just mis. It's mis. It can be done better. Can be it done, can be done better. better. And I've been on the receiving end of, of welfare checks, yeah. you know, in, in the early days of my PTSD one, when the VA was trying to drug it better, which that never works. Right. Um, it only makes it worse. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I had a, a, a few, you know, uh, where, where they would come and check on me and, and usually I ended up in the hospital. Um, but you know what? I'm white. I'm almost translucent white. Um, and, you know, Sandy City police officers are hot and I'm okay with that. So I didn't have, I, I didn't have a, 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 a bad reaction. You're like, um, okay, yeah, come on in. You they, all got check on me. They, all, they all got beards now and it's like, ooh, it's like, yes. But, but, no, but no, seriously though, it's like them coming into my house when I'm in the middle of a mental health emergency. Mm -hmm isn't the same as if you know i was black or if i was uh you know a, a, a person of color um yeah. you know other than my white and delightsome look you know i <laughs> i don't have a problem yeah. but i would you know as as we've gotten yeah. worse and you know as i've also gotten involved with you know the medical cannabis and such you know my 
lens has, has shifted, you know, because uh, up until this year, it's been illegal in Utah. So then the police have been used as, you know, drug enforcement, which they sh that's not their place. That is not their place at all. But it puts them in the end, in the view of looking at me as an enemy and me looking at them as like, if they find out, am I going to have a drug rate at, at, at uh, one o'clock in the morning, like they did up in Ogden, you know, all these crazy things. But if we change that environment you know have them stop fighting drug war have them stop showing up for mental health and actually send you know trained therapists mm -hmm. um if they're beardy and in uniform even better but you know <laughs> but actual people that are trained to handle these yeah. calls and yeah. and it, it's and, and again i i've experienced them but i've experienced them through you know my 98 percent irish lens yeah you've had a positive and it's not an issue yeah had positive interactions yeah even in the mentally strained stressful situations yeah it's not an issue it yeah. wasn't issue, but it could have been and you know we need to change that yeah fix that and you know again you know that's why we're talking about you know it, it's not defunding it's like okay if you're gonna hire a cop you're also gonna hire a social worker you're gonna yeah. hire a mental health worker you're gonna you know if if someone's you know, I've had couples that are having, you know, uh, when I lived in apartments and you could hear them arguing through the walls. It's like, yeah. well, do I want to call the cops? I'm like, well, the the husband's black and that could go wrong. And oh. I don't want that on my conscience. Wow. So it's like, you don't. So it's you like, I just said, I've never thought of yeah, that I, side of it. Yeah. When I was living in Bluffdale and, and, wow. and, 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 you know, just, just that, that awareness. And, you know, I also have two nephews uh, or a nephew and a niece um, who are black. Um, yeah. you know, they were adopted, um, and they live in Atlanta. Yeah. It terrifies me. Like every time I hear, hear one of these, you know, the, these, these cases, cause you know, Will, uh, he, he's on the spectrum yeah. a little bit. Um, you know, and, and so there we got mental health mixed in with also his color and yeah. Atlanta police departments. Like, yeah, I I'm terrified. Like even, even worrying about it, then I feel guilty that I'm worrying about that. But it, it's, it's a reality, it is a reality, you know? So how do, how do we change that? How do we fix that? And, and, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. And, and, and again, yeah. you know, being able to, you know, back to the, the Disney princess theology, you know, I, I love America. I love red, white, and blue. I love what we can be and that's yeah. that's that's the word you know that, what, we what we can, can be our ideal yeah and we're not there and we have so much work we can do yeah and you know i i think again getting to identity you know well that's my heritage well do you truly understand your heritage like disney yeah. plus for example they put on um uh a cartoon that I remember watching as a kid, uh, Ben and me. Do you remember that? The little mouse I do in Ben that. Franklin's yeah. uh, thing. And, 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 oh, I do. Um, now that I'm remembering. Know, <laughs> yeah. And they just put that on Disney Plus. I, I encourage you to watch it because they have cut ins from uh, Johnny Tremaine and some of these old, you know, the old Disney stuff of, of the American revolution. And it's, it's funny. Cause you know, they, they show the Boston tea party and hey, we're throwing all the tea over. And then, then afterwards the men got together and they all cleaned up and then they went and had a, had a, had a, uh, <laughs> a get together at the bar right. celebrating the good work. Exactly. And it's like, that's not how it happened, that's but it's, <laughs> but, but it's like, you know, 
that I watched that as a kid, you know, honestly, I, I, I don't remember to what age, but I honestly thought that Ben Franklin had a mouse in his pocket that helped yeah. teach him how to yeah. do the things that he did like yeah. that. So being taught that as a, as a kid, you know, how many of us as adults never really paid attention. You know, we watched the Walt Disney, uh, Ben and me thing and, and stuff like that. And, and somewhere our interpretation of what history was, is a conglomerate between, what Disney? I don't understand, Disney yeah. and mm -hmm. the nonsense that some of us were taught in, in, right. in social studies that isn't quite a telling of what happened. It's the very filtered white version, yep. you know, the, the American exceptionalism versions. And it's like, yeah, yeah, history is a lot. You know, I remember um, probably, you know, I had a my my minor in when I got my bachelor's, my minor was actually in race relations and mm -hmm. um, specifically the African-American experience. So I, I was always interested in this, but something that really got me, I'm going to have to go get my shoe. My battery is getting low in a second. I'm going to have to go get my charger and I'll be right okay. back. But I'll say this really fast. Um, when I saw Mississippi burning, I don't know how old I was, but I remember just being like, it, it was like, Oh, wait a second. Yeah. What, what is that? You know, that shocked me to my core. And I had been through, you know, learning about history and different things, but watching that had such an impact on me personally. Um, so I think that people can use media in a responsible way. But like you're saying, when it's all whitewashed or it's all, you know, it's all one version of it, that's when we all get literally programmed we away do. from the truth or what, what needs to be. We need to understand it from all sides, right? Yeah. I'm gonna run up really fast. I'll be right okay, back. Okay, yeah, okay. you go do that. And and so while you're doing that, I'll, I'll hide your video so we just don't see a empty. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so uh, you know, and so there are shows. So uh, as Rochelle was talking about that, uh, Apple TV Plus uh, uh, in January put out a uh, uh, kind of like a documentary type thing called Little America, um, and it's um, stories, uh, you know. Each episode is a different story, snapshots of um, what it's like for um, undocumented or uh, uh, people immigrated to to the United States and how they dealt with it. And um, I remember one of the episodes, uh, the, in fact, the very first episode, um, uh, the very first episode was um, called The Manager. Um, and it's about... Uh, it, here in Kanab, actually in, in, in Utah. Um, it's the, the story is about a, uh, um, a 12 year old, um, who ends up running a motel down there by in green river because his parents were deported back to India. So you have a 12 year old on his own running a motel, you know, down there in Southern Utah. And, you know, uh, this was during uh, George W. Bush administration. Um, you know, and, and this kid is trying his best, uh, he, uh, you know, to learn English. He's studying the, the dictionary, every word he's, he's memorizing a new word. He's in the spelling bee, uh, because, you know, he wants to excel so he can uh, get into college and have a good experience. Um, and also trying to get his parents to come back. And so he's being watched by like a family friend that's running the motel there with him. And it's like the guy's a dirtbag and doesn't pay attention to him. It's really, truly a heartbreaking story. Um, and you know, that this kid, uh, you know, and again, this is a child, um, you know, thinks if I become the best speller in America, I can, you know, go to the white house and it, 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 it 
documents his his story. He actually goes to the White House. He wins the spelling bee, um, and meets Laura Bush. And when he uh, you know meets her, he reads his story of what happened to his family and begs her for help. And then oh, she doesn't do anything. It's, it, it's all based on true story. Really. Um, and you know the the kid's parents finally get to come back. It's like six or seven years later. The kid's like eighteen, nineteen. So completely his parents missed his growing up while he was keeping the hotel going for them here there in green river. But, you know, it's, it's stories like this, you know, that allow you the empathy. It's like, after I watched that episode, it's like, I just remember bawling. It's like, that broke me. Mm -hmm. Um, One that it's happening here so locally that we could do something about it, but Mm -hmm. we can't. And it's like, the trauma that we're causing these is these children, you know, the, the DACA kids, um, the kids that are in, in, in cages that have been separated from the parents, like that trauma can't be undone. So, you know, let's wait 10 to 15 years when the chickens come home to roost and we have 20, 30,000 kids who's, who's, who've been emotionally, spiritually, um, just destroyed. Um, and, and, then we expect them to be, you know, functional members in society. Like when we have entire, you know, when we have people coming and attacking, you know, terrorism in, you know, 2060, 2070, again, because we inflicted this damage, we allowed this damage um, to be inflicted on our watch. And, you know, I, I I think, you know, when we're seeing these, um, you know, protests and the riots and, and, you know, um, you know, it, it's, it's like all these, there's so many things that, you know, I want to burn it the f- fuck down, you know, th- no, let's, it, it, it needs to come down and people are like, well, you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. We shouldn't be putting people in cages. We shouldn't be separating families, leaving children to run on their, because, uh, uh, you know, this artificial scarcity we place on citizenship, like, you know, oh, there's no room. There's plenty of freaking room in this country we just choose not to make it and and it's just it all of this unnecessary trauma it, it just it, yeah and and again emp- how do we solve it empathy but also how does it break you being empathetic to everything going on it's like that's too much that's overwhelming like you it have is. to just you know it, it's really interesting i gotta call you know i do um some work with uh women who have left polygamy um drew you know my yeah. uh, friend Brielle. Yeah. Um, you know, I got a call from someone in the community about the fact that they were feeling a certain way uh, regarding the Black Lives Matter movement going on. Um, yeah. Not really understanding some of the history on racism and different things. So asking about that, but also feeling a little bit um, just um, a little bit uh, disconnected from the fact that we're suff- they're suffering. They continue to suffer. Yeah. And so are we supposed to now get on board with black lives movement when we're in our community, we are suffering still. And so there's, so it's an interesting question. I asked a friend of mine who did a, um, a little, I don't know what it was called, like an online education type thing yesterday on white privilege. And her name's Liz and she's a PhD. And I was like asking her, I actually don't know what to tell my friend because she, they are truly coming from communities that, they're all okay. They're all white. Yeah. But also they're all incredible. Like they're just dealing with so much trauma and what's happened. 
And it's a similar thing in that it was the state of Utah just kind of ignored this problem for years and years yeah. and years. And we're dealing with the fallout. But also now they're like, OK, so we don't matter anymore. It wasn't anger. It was just I don't understand what's happening. Do I you know, do we still ask for help or is every is this such a bigger issue to deal with? And it's just, there's so much to clean up. You know, do we have the bandwidth yeah. to deal with both issues at the same time? Yeah. Well, we certainly yeah. had the bandwidth to create them, right? Exactly. We exactly. did. It's called neglect. Yeah. It's called traumatic yeah. neglect. Like if you ignore a problem for a long enough time, this is just what happens. And that's, yeah. just a, that's a fact. So I think that that's where people feel like, you know, oh, don't don't burden me with this. Well, that's the that's the effect of the cause, which is you didn't care about it ever yeah. before yeah. Um, you didn't care. So this is why this is all happening. But yeah, it's just so much. You it, know? It, it is. And you know, I, I, I've had the thought, you know, we're in pride month. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. know, I've, I've been a lot yeah. more muted in my advocacy for LGBTQ That's issues as to not step on the toes of the black lives matter yep. movement, which also is a very important social movement that, is long overdue and you know i i fully support so it, it, you know i i understand that you know the the the, the dichotomy of that you know i, I even wanted to put up sar a sarcastic uh post you know when we're done talking about white privilege can we then talk about heterosexual privilege oh um, but i'm like uh, there's that there's a time and place i'll say uh, that in the uh, next uh, conversation uh, but uh, but but so you know th there there is and and you know and again that fear you know, I'm an ally, but I don't want to be, you know, one is the fear of being called that I'm not an ally or, yeah. or two, that what I say might be misunderstood. And, you yeah. know, cancel culture comes after me before I even get a chance to yeah. take a breath. Exactly. Um, you know, so th there is that fear and, you know, you know, is black lives matter, you know, versus, you know, the FLDS, uh, issue, you know, Warren Jeffs is a horrible human being who has a, perpetrated horrible spiritual and sexual and physical abuses on a lot of people down there in that area. Yeah. It's a much more smaller microcosm to, yeah. you know, systemic racism of, of the entire country. Right. But do we have the bandwidth to solve both problems simultaneously, yeah. you know, and, and, and I, I believe we do, you know, I, I think these are all, um, you know, the, the Warren Jeffs abuse, you know, has its roots in religious and, and, and sexual um, oppression, yeah. you know, the oppression of women, you know, all, all of all, all of these issues are issues that I think we, we have the ability and the bandwidth to handle. And in fact, I, I think we could cover a lot of areas, you know, at the same time, they you know, intersect. yeah, yeah because a lot of the problems are police abuses down there in Arizona city and, and Colorado and Colorado city and, and Hilldale, mm -hmm. you know, where, you know, in, instead of having uh, the, 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 you know, thin blue line protecting police abuse, you know, that police abuse is actual FLDS members that have infiltrated the police and use the power of the police to then yeah. abuse and suppress yeah. the FLDS to keep quiet, yeah. to keep sweet. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, so can we address some of the issues with overall police reform? Absolutely. I think yeah. we can. And I, and I don't think that we should, I don't think people should get hate for, you know, still advocating 
you know, it's not like I'm taking wind out of your cell. I, I don't, I, I don't think we need to place an artificial scarcity on uh, social change. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's an interesting time though. Cause I think people feel like, well, I, I, I don't want to seem like, like you said, like I'm against yeah. what's happening. I am. Um, so I just think that people, well, I, I mean, I am for it, but you can yeah. be for a lot of things. And I think one of the, um, one of the things that uh, Liz said, Liz Debetta, she actually said, I think when you look at who's being, who's in the greatest danger right now, if you have people who are being, you know, um, killed in the streets, literally killed in the streets, like this takes our, this takes our focus right now. It's very important. It's very urgent, right? So there is an urgency thing that is definitely there with Black Lives Matter right now. And I think that's why it's just still going on. It's just, it's yeah. urgent, you know? Um, yeah. So, Yeah. <laughs> We just have but to I find, think, yeah, go ahead, Kate. Well, I was just going to say, but I think that some of the solutions to Black Lives Matter, some of the solutions to defund police, like you said, Rochelle, you know, they, they, they intersect. And what's going to help, help makes it sound like pandering, but what's going to, you know, really enact real change for these two movements are going to enact real change for so many others. Exactly. You know, I got chills. Means, yeah. That's so you know, true. When we think about like our, our Colorado city and Hilldale yeah. friends mm -hmm. um, and, and people that are suffering, again, if we can make real social change, oh, it would benefit them as well. It's and scale. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. And so I yeah. don't think it's an either or. Yes. Yeah. You know what? There, there is, there is, there's one community who rightfully right now has the spotlight as they should, but the fixes for that are just going to trickle down. It is. Um, Absolutely. Thanks for yeah. saying that because that's really, I think the, that's the whole point is the system mm -hmm. has to change. We have to stop valuing uh, what's always, you know, heterosexual, white, like all the things that you're saying, Drew, yeah. that you don't want to bring up like, well, but there's a straight privilege. Well, like, yeah, we need to, we need to fix the infrastructure of how everyone gets valued because that's created mm -hmm. this, this horrible, you know, the society we live in is just, yeah. And so voting, you know, it just voting for people who are going to legislate with empathy. Can you even yeah. imagine? Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. That's why you liked Pete, right? Pete was like yes. that. Yeah. He seemed to be. I liked him, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, that makes me sad. Yeah. But, but no, and, and you know, let, let's circle back all of our, our foyer chat for today, because yeah. I, I think it's all encompassing on, on the idea of, uh, and again, you know, I think a lot of the problems we face stems from this Disney princess theology. We've all been raised subconsciously without being aware of it. But, you know, using empathy and, and, and you know, using that lens to properly find ourselves in literature, you know, it, as, you know, to then see how does that allegory reflect to today's life? You know, how, 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 ca how can I, you know take myself out of this false illusion that, you know, I, I'm, I'm the superhero in this case and actually, you know, really step into my role that fits my personality and, and make some change, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. Let's, we'll wrap it up. We'll get to our, come to our end. Cause we are here at our hour and a half Mark. time. Oh, I love the music you pick too. When you bring us out. Me too. Right now. But um, yeah, no, I, I think, you know, again, we're, this is a topic that we're going to keep going on for a while. Um, but no, we, we can all be so much better. How can we, you know, it's, let, let's go internal. Let's, you know, 
do the mindfulness exercise and, and, and find out where, what is fiction? What's, what, where am I tied up? Where am I not seeing? Where am I not hearing? Um, you know, Kate and I uh, and Zach, we, we record an episode for Sci-Fi Church. It's going to come out here hopefully soon. You know, that was all about that Star Trek Darmok episode uh, with Captain Picard. You know, how can we learn to hear each other and communicate even in situations where we don't even know how to communicate? Yeah, uh, right? And, and uh. you know, find those opportunities, learn to hear each other. Yeah. And, yeah. and what we're trying to say when we're saying that. You know, when I say one thing, you know, try to understand what I'm saying, not what you think I'm saying. So you can assume offense and come after. And and when it's like, that's not even what I'm trying to say, you know, we learn to truly hear each other. Yes. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Yay. Church time. (laughs) Wait, is it church time? No, comic church, whatever. Comic church, player chat, comic church, do it all. I love church chat. No, I think that's good. Church. But no, I, you know, really, Drew, I just, I just want to echo the same thing that you know, it, as just because I mean, it may not be my experience, doesn't mean that it's not someone else's valid, real experience. And so, as you know, we are as a society making changes. Jump on the train, get on board, because that's where we're going. Humanity is growing up. Yes. And it's up to us to make that Yes, sense. Kate. I love that. Humanity is growing up. It's perfect. It's yeah. really. Is. Thank you, Kate. Good. And uh, thanks for joining us, Rochelle. Thanks, and, guys. Uh, thanks oh, it's so nice meeting you, Kate. Thanks, Kate. Thanks, yeah. Join us that, and we'll hopefully see you next week. Sounds good, guys. Yeah. Thanks, okay. everybody. Bye.